I'm not Mark Madden. I'm also not Tim Benz, although if you hate my takes, please feel free to tweet Benzie and complain. I'm Adam Crowley, afternoon drive host on ESPN Pittsburgh. I'm prettier than Mark, just not as good at radio. You're stuck with me until 6, but my wife is stuck with me forever, so you guys got the better end of that deal. 412-333-9939 is the number to call if you want to tell me I suck, or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. You can tell me I suck there, too. God, was Twitter a cesspool when the Penguins lost to the Red Wings on Tuesday night. Broussard doesn't help as much as Cole did. Matt Murray stinks with the glove hand. Chris Letang isn't a top four defenseman. Hell, a Pittsburgh TV dweeb tweeted out that the Penguins may not even make the playoffs. The fan base of the team that's won back-to-back cups was acting as if the sky was falling because the Penguins last to a, lost to a bad hockey club. The next morning, I posted a blog on ESPNPittsburgh.com saying, Yin's got to stop wasting your time worrying about Yin's pens. Sullivan is 8-0 in playoff series as the Penguins head coach. Sidney Crosby's won back-to-back con Smythe's, and Phil Kessel's a two-time Stanley Cup champion. When the Penguins were floundering at the midway point of the season, I said they'd be fine. They're now the second seed in the Metro. I said it again Tuesday night. The Penguins will be fine. Show a little faith. Don't waste your time bitching and moaning about the little things at the end of the regular season because when the playoffs roll around, I trust this coach. I trust this core. I trust that the Penguins will make a run at this thing. Crosby's a freak. Not just because of his abnormally large butt or his inability to grow facial hair. He could hit sixth in this Pirates lineup and not look out of place. Travis Zajac went all Buffy the Vampire Slayer on him last night, and he responded in Sid fashion by sticking a stake through the heart of the Devils. Sid now has the most overtime goals in the history of the Pittsburgh Penguins with 13. This one was special because it came after that chicken bleep move by Zajac. That dude ain't good enough to clean Crosby's 25-year-old jockstrap. The captain now has a goal in each of his last five games. He's doing so at the perfect time. In this Penguins team, not perfect. They've got issues on the back end, and goaltending has been substandard all year. But they've also got something that no other team has. Sid. The Lightning are damn good. They're deep on offense and defense. They won the trade deadline. They've been consistent all year long. But they don't have Sid. Boston's deep and skilled. They beat that Tampa team last night. They're getting healthy at the right time. They don't have Sid. Columbus has the greatest defenseman of all time, Ian Cole, but they don't have Sid. Giroux's got the baton, but the Penguins still have Sid. The Pens aren't perfect, but they've got the ultimate eraser. The best player in hockey is playing the best right now. I like their chances. The first goal last night had Malkin and Kessel cast as the bad news bears. They turned the puck over at their own blue line. That's a no-no. The Devils' third goal was an atrocious turnover by Justin Schultz, so I'm interested in what you think. Are you more worried about the Penguins' defense core? or the forward group as it relates to goal prevention. Both have not been great of late. 412-333-9939. Lately, forwards have been the problem, I think, but in the long haul, I'm more worried about the defense. More on that later on in the show. Le'Veon Bell's lost my empathy. Yesterday, Le'Veon tweeted out, quote, It's so hard to be a hero in a city that paints you out to be the villain. 
Nope, that's not from The Onion. That's real, and it's spectacular. Boy, that Genghis Khan guy was sure misunderstood. I don't like this because Le'Veon playing the victim gives millennials like myself a bad name. He's become the stereotype. What an entitled mook. Let's take a peek at Le'Veon Bell's ZipRecruiter profile here just for a second. He got a DUI smoking reefer with LeGarrette Blunt hours before boarding a plane to Philly for a preseason game. He was suspended for that infraction. Then, after being part of the NFL's drug program, he slept in when he was supposed to be peeing in a cup. Suspension numero dos. That's number two in Spanish. He went against his agent's wishes last year and turned down a contract that would have made him the most lucrative running back in football. Then he proceeded to skip all of OTAs, minicamp, and training camp. He showed up the week of the first game, was mostly ineffective over the first month of the season, then he threatened retirement just three days prior to the Steelers' playoff game against the Jacksonville Jags. He also skipped 95% of the walk through the day prior to the game. Now, according to Aditi Kinkwala from the NFL Network, he's asking for $17 million a season. He wants to get paid like Antonio Brown. You know what? He's got a point. The media's twisting everything. It's all our fault. It's your fault. We've painted him as the villain, and really, he's the victim. Bro, take some responsibility for yourself. FYI, Devontae Freeman will make $8.25 million this year. 8.25. He's the second highest paid running back in the game. Shady McCoy, he of Pittsburgh fame, will make $8 million. He's the second highest paid. The 10th highest paid running back will make $5 million. So the Steelers could pay Le'Veon Bell double what Freeman is making, and Bell still wants half a million more. He could make three times what the 10th highest paid running backs being paid, and he'd still want to be paid more. You ever watch the show Shark Tank? My boy Mark Cuban from Mount Lebanon? They always quibble about the valuation. Is this company worth this? Is this company worth that? Mr. Wonderful always says, how the hell did you come up with that value? Hey, Lev, how the hell did you come up with that value? I host a show on an AM radio station, and... Look, I'm biased, but it's a damn good show. I want to be paid like Madden, but you know what I don't do? I don't ask iHeart to pay me more. You want to know why? Bankrupts. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, it's because I'm not an idiot. I wanted the Steelers to sign Bell to a long-term deal. Now I want Bell out of town after this year. Allow Ben to have one more chance to win with the best running back in football, then Bell will walk away and the Steelers will get a comp pick and he'll be someone else's problem. Perhaps he'll get a hero's welcome. 412-333-9939. 412-333-WXDX. Again, you can get after me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. That's why I'm here, because my show's actually on right now. But I need the Twitter followers so one day I can take the ratings from Mark. No real talk, though. You should listen to me when Mark's over from 6 until 7. Anyway, the NFL cleaned up one problem in the catch rule, and they've created a totally different problem with what I'll call the Ryan Shazier rule. Anytime somebody leads with their helmet to tackle, they could get flagged, they could get ejected, it might be subject for review. Oh my God. 
I understand player safety. I want players to be safe. I don't want to see anybody's brain turn to mush. I don't want to see anybody else wind up like Ryan Shazier. But there are ways to try to fix football without stopping to review every single tackle. And you think I'm exaggerating. Do you remember when the NFL was trying to make a point of emphasis to throw flags on defensive backs for screwing around with wide receivers? I do. Because in the preseason, they threw a flag after every other play. You don't think that's going to be the same with this? I'm all for less replay in all sports. Less replay, not more. I'll get into that later on in the show. Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette going to join me at 3.30. Brian Metzer, Penguins Radio Network at 4.30 to talk a little bit about the Penguins in the direction they're moving prior to the playoffs. Pirates fans are not buying what Hurdle's selling right now. I'm not going to tell you the score of the game. Doesn't matter. They're going to stink. Bear with me for half a second here. It's a segment I like to call Crowley Reads on the Radio. Clint Hurdle had this to say prior to the Bucks breaking camp and heading to Detroit. Quote, we have a better team, a much better team than when I walked in the door. That being said, it depends on what circle you run in. I don't run in a circle where it's all negative. Clint's got to do this. He's got to instill confidence in his guys that they can exceed expectations. I get it. In a world with identity politics and people picking their own facts, whether on the right or the left, I get where Hurdle's coming from. People see what they want to see a lot of the time. But Clint, this isn't a matter of opinion. It's a matter of fact. The Pirates won 75 games last year and lost their two best players. The club would need to have a bunch of players play over their heads in order to make this club even close to a contender. They can't afford to have anybody play below expectations. This isn't about hunting good or hunting bad. That's what he said later on. This is about being objective. This isn't about seeing what we want to see. It's about looking at the roster and seeing what's there. Pirates fans ain't buying it. That's why you're listening to me right now and not the station across the street. During the game today, I saw opening day commercials. They're still... Still trying to sell tickets. It's usually the most difficult ticket of the year to come by. Now you can get in the door cheap. They're desperate. Heck, I went on MLB.com's ticket app yesterday, and you can get in the door for game two for $1.25. No joke. $1 if you eliminate service fees. And I ain't paying the service fees. I get why you have to be optimistic, Clint. That's your job. But I'm a realist. It seems like Pirates fans are, too. 412-333-9939. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Up next, the story of a boring man fulfilling a lifelong dream and Penn's fans got to lighten up. Adam Crowley filling in for Mark Madden on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, how you doing, brother? Hey, double M. Thanks for taking the call. Getting the fast lane, Grandma. I'm ready to go to Tim Hortons for some fat-free donuts. The X at 105.9. Gregory Polanco just had a ball go over his head. Stop me if you've heard that one before. Here's the thing about spring training. All the time you get, oh, this guy's in the best shape of his life. And we heard that all last year about Gregory Polanco. He's rocked up. He's put on so much weight. The dude's all muscle. Now I heard on the flagship station as I was driving in today about how good it is that Polanco slimmed down. He's now going to be faster. 
bunch of shills. By the way, the opening day starter for the Bucks allowed the bases to be loaded twice. Man, if only they could have gone out and got an opening day starter, it would have been good. Where do they have, would have found that guy, huh? Oh, wait. Garrett Cole. Oh, well. Adam Crowley filling in for Mark Madden. 412-333-9939 is the way to get involved. We had Melvin on the line. He's gone. I miss you. Corey Crawford, goaltender for the Blackhawks. Can I say that on the radio? Blackhawks has been out with a concussion, and his backup was an emergency scratch just before last night's game. So there was trouble brewing. Then Chicago's third-string goalie had to start the game. He then got hurt in the third period. Enter Scott Foster, whose LinkedIn profile reads, quote, I'm an accounting professional with experience in financial services. I have expertise in fund accounting and financial reporting, end quote. Whoa, that dude's more boring than the movie The Accountant starring Ben Affleck. He played goalie at Western Michigan from 2002 to 2006 and had a save percentage of 875 and a goals against average of 344. How'd that translate to the NHL? He stopped all seven shots that he faced. Career 1,000 save percentage for Fosty. I imagine that's what his Hawks teammates are calling it. Dude's probably got a better glove hand than Matt Murray. Kidding! Speaking of which, he took all kinds of shots from the old Twitter machine on Sunday after giving up three glove-side goals to the Flyers. Penn's Twitter overreacting? No way! I'll admit, Murray's glove hand isn't the strongest part of his game, but if it were a true weakness, he wouldn't have been able to play as well as he did to win the Cup in back-to-back seasons, period. Two years ago, Matt Murray had a 924 save percentage in the playoffs as a rookie. Last year, still technically a rookie, the dude played 11 playoff games and had a save percentage of 937. His career mark of 928 is stellar. I'm a big believer in track record. You might want to panic about some shaky up-and-down play from Matt Murray of late. I don't. It's a waste of time. He's the reason the Pens beat the Caps in the playoffs in 2016. He's a big reason it wasn't 2-0 Predators in the Cup Final last year. He's done it on the biggest stage, time and time again. Now, he hasn't played to his potential this year, save for the 10-game stretch prior to his recent concussion, but you have to remember he lost his father unexpectedly. That's going to affect you. Now he's back from the concussion. He's trying to get back in a groove. I think he will because he's got the track record. He's done it before. 412-333-9939. 412-333-WXDX. Pirates are up 4-2. to They're going to lose. I'll just throw those in casually throughout the program. Sometimes Yin's Penguin fans, and really sports fans in general, can just be embarrassing. I know, because I am one, I root for the West Virginia Mountaineers, and I actually thought they had a chance to beat Villanova. I mean, who am I? The Penguins played terribly the other night to the Detroit Red Wings. They lost 5-2. to two. The Red Wings stink. The Penguins were worse than them. But ho-hum. I think the Penguins are bored. Not that they'd admit it, but their real season starts on April 12th. They know it to be true. Penguins have won the Stanley Cup in back-to-back seasons. They know what it takes to win when the stakes are at the highest. That doesn't stop fans from freaking out. Hell, it hasn't stopped the media from throwing out doomsday scenarios. 
Richie Walsh tweeted out the other night that the Penguins could miss the playoffs. Spoiler alert, that's not going to happen. They will make the playoffs. Well, the Penguins are up five points on eighth place. They're eight points up on Florida, the ninth place team. That's what actually matters. Richie's hair hasn't moved since he came out of the womb, so don't let him cause you to pull yours out. I know Ian Cole is the greatest defenseman of all time. The Penguins just don't have a chance to win without him. Again, let me remind you that the Penguins won the Cup last year without their best defenseman. They'll survive without Ian Cole. Need I remind you that the Penguins were 4-4-2 down the stretch last year. That team wound up winning the Cup. They playing well right now? Well, they sort of turned it around last night. Do they need to manage the puck better and play more soundly in the defensive zone? Oh, hell yeah, without a doubt. But, again, I'll let the track record speak for itself. Mike Sullivan knows how to push all the right buttons. He's 8-0 in playoff series as the head coach of the Penguins. If you want to freak out about the pen struggles right now, go right ahead. Stress yourself out. Wake me up when the playoffs start. Or did last night quell your fears? 412-333-9939. 412-333-WXDX. Again, you can tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Oh, no. Cabrera ties it. 4-4. My gosh. It was 4-2. I give one quick take, and it's 4-4. I've been saying on my show that I'm now an Indians fan. I know Mark is the last true Pirates fan. I just can't get invested in a team that doesn't give a rip. I know the players do, but if management doesn't, I don't want to give money to that guy. And anytime I turn the TV on, that's leverage in the next deal. So, yeah, not going to be watching a lot of them this year. Also, I did flip it on briefly prior to coming in. And the Pirates stranded a leadoff double in the first. And then Ivan Nova walked the bases loaded in the other half of the first. Why would I want to watch 162 with something that's bad? Why would I want to listen to 162 with something that's bad? I don't. Hey, spoiled Penguins fans. Watching the Red Wings the other night, yes, they beat the Penguins, but seeing their record and seeing their roster made me realize just how lucky Penguins fans are. 5-4 Detroit. The Blackhawks had to play a 36-year-old last night. That's not indicative of roster mismanagement, but it is indicative of the situation they're in right now. They're not making the playoffs. In fact, they've already been eliminated. They're the team that's been the peers with the Penguins since Sidney Crosby's come into the league, and they stink right now. Detroit was the bee's knees. They made the playoffs 20-some-odd years in a row. Now they haven't for two straight years. I realize the Penguins aren't playing perfectly. I realize that they do have flaws. But just be happy you get to watch these guys play every night. And I might not talk to you again before the Stanley Cup is handed out. But if the Penguins don't win it this year, yeah, I'd rather them win it. But I think I'll find it in my heart to understand. Let's go to Brian on the North Shore. Hello, Brian. Hey, how's it going? Good, dude. What's up? So I'm not ready to jump on the bandwagon to say that they have all their problems fixed. But I thought... The defense, and especially Matt Hunwick, had probably his best game as a Penguin. I thought they were flying to the puck. 
I thought it was truly just something that looks like playoff hockey, the closest thing you can get to before the playoffs actually start. The effort was definitely there last night, Brian, without a doubt. And the Penguins have talent like any other team. Uh, They've got more talent, really, than any other team. There are a few that stack up. Boston's really good. Tampa's really good. Washington still has a lot of talent. But when the Penguins are engaged with the talent they have, they're going to be a tough out. It'll be tough to beat them four out of seven times. As for Hunwick... I'm a bigger believer in him than I think a lot of people are. This is a guy who played more than anybody else in the playoffs last year for Toronto. More than anybody else, and he was matched up against Ovechkin a lot and did a fairly good job of it. He's not terrible. He's a fine player. If he's your sixth defenseman, I think you're okay. And if Chad Ruedel's your seventh and you're rotating him, you're going to be fine. Not to mention Crystal Tang will be playing 25 minutes a night. Anyhow, and he's been much better this year than I think people are giving him credit for. I think he made a big statement to the coaching staff saying that I deserve a spot in this lineup. And I think, I mean, that going into the playoffs, he will be our sixth defenseman. They should pay him $17 million a season, Brian. I still can't believe Le'Veon Bell thinks that he can make $17 million a season at the running back position. It's more than double what the second highest paid running back's going to make. We'll talk to Ray Fittipaldo from the Post-Gazette about that next. It's Crowley filling in for Madden, 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. What up, it's sexy? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Because I know more about a Nazi than any man alive. The X at 105.9. Adam Crowley in for the super genius today on 105.9 The X. Mike tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. The Pirates were winning before you came on the air. Now they're losing. Instead of blaming lack of talent and Nutting's wallet, it's easier to just blame you. I think that's fair. I said during the last segment that the Pirates are up 4-2. to two. I said they'll be losing soon, and then within four minutes, they were losing. I don't think Mark's ever getting his job back. Is Le'Veon Bell going to be doing the same job for the Steelers this year? Yes. Next year? We shall see. Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette joins me now here on the show. Ray, thanks for taking the time today. What's up, Adam? How are you? I'm good, man, but I feel like I'm being unfairly cast as the villain, uh, much like Le'Veon Bell. Do you think that Le'Veon Bell's been unfairly cast as the villain in this town? You know, Adam, i, I got to tell you, I know I was on Twitter last night, and I see the Steelers fans or up in arms about that tweet, but i got to be honest with you, I don't know what it means. I mean, did one person say that to him, and he somehow portrays the entire city that way? I just, I don't know the background, and I, I just, I wasn't really going to get worked up about one tweet. I think there are a lot of Steeler fans out there who understand that football's a business, and he doesn't want to settle for less than what he feels he's worth, and they're okay with him being on the team for one more year, and that's probably going to be it. But, you know, to see sort of the some of the comments on Twitter last night and some of the, you know, stuff on talk radio today, I, I just don't get it. It was one tweet, and we really don't know the background of it. So I wasn't really – I wasn't going to get too worked up about it. The background is he was probably listening to my show yesterday. I think that's what happened there, Ray. I think I worked him up <laughs> a little bit. I think it is more than just the tweet, though. I think it's now the tweet on top of everything else, the suspensions, 
the DUI, DWI, DWI, was with LeGarrette Blunt before the Steelers got on a plane to go to Philadelphia. Uh, the fact that he said he was going to retire or might be considering retiring prior to the playoff game last year. And really, the list goes on and on and on. I, I think the other thing is, according to Aditi Kinkwala from the NFL Network, he now wants to value himself at $17 million a season, which is what Antonio Brown's making. I mean, that's absurd. I agree with him maybe that running back should be valued more, but they're not, so... It's tough to set the precedent now at $9 million more than what the uh, second-highest-paid running backs getting paid. Well, you probably get an idea of why they haven't been able to get a deal done, quite honestly. Right. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, right now, if nothing else happens, they're going to they're gonna pay him more than $6 million, more than the next highest-paid running back. And um, the Steelers are willing to, to sort of do that. And, that, you know, a lot of other teams in the NFL, I'm not sure – if they would be willing to do that for a running back. Um, but the bottom line is, Adam, when he gets a t- chance to test free agency next year at this time, he's going to find out his market value. Mm-hmm. And I am willing to bet that there are teams out there with a lot of salary cap space um, that are going to pay him $17 million a year. I don't think the Steelers are going to be the team to do that. I think 2018 is going to be his last year with the Steelers, but... I do get the feeling that um, there is going to be a team out there that it's going to overpay um, for his services, and that's great. That's that's what this is all about. Um, it's a free market system, and he's going to get a chance to do that. So I think Steelers fans should should you know appreciate what they see this year. He's been a great player, but I don't think it's going to be go beyond 2018 uh, with the Steelers. Ray Fittipaldo joining me here on the Mark Madden Show. Crowley filling in for Madden. Should the Steelers just say, screw it, and say, let's not even negotiate anymore, let's just let this guy play out the one more year and say, see you later? Because the $17 million, at that point, I'm just walking away. Well, I mean, in the back of their minds, they might already realize that. I, I do think, you know, once the draft is over, they'll have that 10-week period from, you know, early May until mid-July to, to see if they can find some common ground, but I, I don't expect that to be the case, and... I think they are probably planning for their future. Um, I don't know that they're going to draft Le'Veon Bell's successor this year. It's a possibility. But, you know, they're probably making plans that, hey, once Le'Veon Bell leaves, we're going to have to go out and find ourselves a feature back to, to you know, to be with the team in 2019. So um, I got a feeling they probably know what's going to take place um, late this spring, early this summer. But, I, you know, I think they'll, they'll do their due diligence and, you know, try to – come to a contract, but I, I do have a feeling that they're, they've already they've already moved on and they, they sort of know what's going to happen um, after July here. We're going to get to the draft coming up in a few minutes, but do you think the Steelers are worried at all about the volatility of this guy from a he's going to show up standpoint now? He's gone back and forth, and that Instagram post he had uh, where he said he is going to show up week one, then he's going to show up week four. If I'm the Steelers, I'm just a little bit concerned that maybe he does sit out for a portion of the season. Well, Mike Tomlin said this week at the owners' meeting, Adam, that uh, they're in regular contact. He, he speaks with Le'Veon a lot. All I can offer you is this on, on that subject. is He handled that in a very professional manner last year. Um, mm-hmm. Steelers weren't happy with it. They wanted him at training camp. But he reported a week before the season um, he was in shape. Now, he didn't get off to a good start, but I thought 
He wasn't fat. Um, you know, he wasn't. His, con- his conditioning was fine. His body looked to be in really good shape. If he handles this in the same manner again this year, I don't see how the Steelers can have a problem with it. The only way this can go sideways is if he gets something in his head that, you know, he, he wants to act in a different way this year. He wants to make it more difficult on the Steelers. There's bad blood there. We don't know what's going to happen in the next four months, but if he handles this the same way he did last year, I don't think the Steelers have anything to worry about. How should the Steelers go about addressing running back in the draft, Ray? Because I'm not a big let's-look-to-the-future guy right now. I think Le'Veon Bell, uh, you need him here for this year, and you want to use whatever draft picks you have to address this year's team. And then for me, I'm looking at quarterback. I'm looking at running back down the line. Yeah, me too. The only thing, Adam, is uh, I don't know how good they feel about James Conner being able to stay healthy. I think they feel good about James Conner, the talent. I just don't know after what they saw last year if they can count on him uh, to be healthy. And then that brings in the question, okay, you got Le'Veon Bell back for one more year, but what if he gets hurt and then what if James Conner gets hurt? You know, who's there? So that's the only reason I think they might address running back um, in this draft, but yeah, I'm with you. If they hold off for another year and they make that a priority in 2019, uh, I would be okay with that. A lot of flirtation with some quarterbacks. There's been rumors uh, circulating about Jackson. There's rumors circulating about Mason Rudolph. I get the feeling that they really like that guy. If you had to put a percentage on it, Ray, what percentage would you say that there is of the Steelers drafting that quote-unquote heir apparent for Ben Roethlisberger this year? Yeah, it's a good question, Adam. I'm not ignoring what they're doing on the pro day circuit. Um, you know, we all see that they're having dinners and they're they, they've got their eyeballs on on these guys. So um, I don't think it's a strong possibility, but since they're treating it this way, I guess I'll say like you know, ten percent, maybe maybe fifteen percent. But I just think there's too many other needs um, for this team that's in the Super Bowl window with with a guy like Ben Roethlisberger who came out and said he wants to play two to three more years. So it just doesn't make sense to me right now that they would ignore those other needs and sort of plan for the future. So I don't want to say what they're doing is a smoke team, but really what they're doing, if they would do this, it, just, it really doesn't add up when you have so many other needs on defense to make this a true Super Bowl contender. I think Ray just went underwater. We still have Ray Fittipaldo, I believe. Uh, That's Adam Crowley filling in for Mark Madden here on 105.9 The X. Uh, Ray, the new ban on lowering heads to initiate contact, I think it might be messier than the catch rule. It doesn't sound like everything's set in stone here, but it has all the makings, I think, of being a disaster. Yeah, Adam, I don't know how this is going to... I don't know how it's going to play out here. Um, there's a whole lot of um, things you could read in between the lines there on how that run. Get with the coaches and see how they can maybe write the rule better. But as far as the rule, the way it's written now and what they came up with, um, I, you know, I think a lot of people are going to have to learn how to tackle um, uh, in a different way than really they, the way they've been tackling for years now. So. Um, it's a little bit of a sticky issue now, but I'm willing to wait another month or two sure. to see how this all plays out. Um, you know, uh, once they get the rule the way they finally want it written in the rule book. 
One more thing on that, Ray. Uh, we don't know how they're going to write it, obviously. The one thing I will say is I do not want to see it become reviewable. I, I just I don't think you can just keep adding things to review and expect that people are going to continue to consume your product the same way. Uh, I, I, don't, I, mean, I think it would happen three or four times a game, especially in the early going with this rule. You're crazy. You mean you don't want more Alberto River on in your <laughs> uh, Sunday afternoon uh, NFL viewing? I mean, yeah. He I, makes my job I'm, easier, Ray. There's no doubt about uh, that, but yikes. My, mine, too. I just, I, I mean, I agree with you on that front. Um, it seems like they finally got to him right before the playoffs and they cut it out. He wants the playoffs officiated in a different manner than what you were doing in the regular season. But then you would open up a whole new can of worms if you entrusted him with this process for reviewing the new targeting rule. So, uh, yeah, I guess they didn't learn their lesson, um, you know, based on what, what happened last year. But uh, I do know that the coaches want that aspect of it to be reviewable because that the game is just too fast for the officials on the field. They do the best they can. But how often have we seen, Adam, where there's a bang-bang hit that looks really, really bad, and then you look at the replay, and it's the guy's shoulder, not his head. So I can understand where the coaches are coming from. Ray, really appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. All right, Adam. You too. That's Ray Fittipaldo from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. The Buckos, they're down two. They got two men on, no outs in the eighth. I'm calling my shot. They're going to tie it, and they're going to lose on a walk-off. How about that? Coming up next, by the way, Ray Fittipaldo's phone, it cut out on us three different ways. That's like the Lemieux thing. Five goals, five different ways. One sounded like he was underwater. Two cut out completely, and then the third was the traditional kind of thing. Anyway, some local fans are celebrating something that ought not to be celebrated Tell you what that is next. It's Crowley filling in for Madden 1059 the X. Park Madden. Double M, what's up? Hey, how you doing, Mark? A lot of gibberish, a lot of booze, a lot of public urination. The X at 1059. Mike tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Why do fans act like it's their money paying players' salaries? It ain't coming out their bank account, and TV deals pay for almost all of it. I don't get it. If you're trying to defend Le'Veon Bell here, and I think that is what you're trying to do. You gots to realize that, yeah, we ain't paying the salaries, but Le'Veon Bell can't keep playing the victim and acting as if the Steelers are doing him wrong when he's asking for something that's ludicrous. To echo what Ray said in the last segment, he will probably make a bleep ton of money. In fact, he will make a bleep ton of money on the free agent market next year, close to what he's asking. But the Steelers aren't going to pay it, and they look at the precedent at the running back position in... Why should they pay? So it's not about me paying Le'Veon Bell's salary. It's about him acting like a petulant child whenever they've been told they can't get exactly what they want for dinner. No, you can't have the cookies. You're going to cry about it? Uh, give me a break. Crowley filling in for Madden, 412-333-9939. The NIT is stupid. National Invitational Tournament. Should the NHL play a secondary playoffs to deem who the best of the non-playoffs team is? No. See, Penn State fans all up on Twitter.com jumping for joy about winning the NIT. And all it proves is that you're the best of the worst. It also proves that your basketball program has been junk. If the team gets excited, I can get it. 
If the team wants to cut down the nets, fine. You always want to win whenever you play the game. But fans touting it as some great accomplishment? Come on. It's like Christopher Columbus. I discovered this land, even though there are a bunch of people here. Bro, you were second. Penn State fans, you're not even second. You're first in the second-best tournament. Here's a cookie. How about a sticker? By the way, I'm not a Pitt guy. I'm a West Virginia fan. I couldn't care less about Penn State. I just think the NIT's dumb. And my team went to the Sweet 16, by the way. 412-333-9939. 412-333-WXDX. If you look at the standings right now in the Eastern Conference, Penguins are in the second slot in the Metro. They'd be playing the Jackets in the first round of the playoffs. The Pens shouldn't be scared of anyone, and Pens fans shouldn't be scared either. But you should be rooting to play the Flyers in the first round. Columbus is hot as all get out. They're scoring a bunch of goals. They're playing a great structured game right now. Plus, Ian Cole is the greatest defenseman of all time. Move over, Bobby Orr. The Penguins own Washington. Owns. Owns. But they're still a talented team. I'd rather the Penguins see them in the second round. In fact, my preferred route for Pittsburgh would be Philly, then Washington. Because Philly just isn't good. They're a 500 club if you take away the loser point. They're pedestrian on the power play. Their penalty kill blows. Their goaltending is, if I'm being kind, suspect. The Penguins didn't lose a game to those bastards all year long. They scored five goals in each of the four games they played. I'm a big believer in needing to play a short series at some point in route to a cup. The Penguins dispatched the Rangers in five games in 2016. They cruised past the Jackets in five last year, although it was dicey at times. In 09, they handled the Canes with relative ease. They've played so much hockey the last two years. An easy series, a chance to breathe, would be welcomed. And the Flyers? They're their best chance at a quick series. They're one point behind Columbus right now. So, for the first time in my life, I say this. Go Flyers! 412-333-WXDX. Let's go to Jim in Plum Borough next up on the Madden Show. What's up, Jim? Hey, Adam. How you doing? Adam, you know, I was, I was listening to what you were saying about Bell, and uh, the one thing that puzzles me, because it's more, it's out of football knots, it's like employer-employee, and Le'Veon Bell has gone out of his way not only to alienate a great deal of fans who actually like him, like me, and just disrespect the franchise, and he keeps pushing and pushing. And I, and I see the Steelers, well, we want to have him. We re- And they're, they're so tolerant of this. I don't understand their angle to just, I mean, I know he's a great talent, but I think there comes a point when a person doesn't want to be your employee that they're going to ask for outrageous things just to get you to, maybe he wants to be moved. Oh, Jim, we'll get to that coming up in a few minutes here on the show because I think that that is certainly a possibility here. As for why the Steelers are putting up with it, he's really darn good. And you're only going to have Ben Roethlisberger for three more years at most. And if you're only going to have Ben for three more years, you have to maximize the ability to win a championship with him because God only knows what kind of quarterback's walking through the door next. It becomes the dark ages the second seven walks away, and seven has been a hell of a lot better lately when 26 has been playing well. Oh, I understand that, but but his value is diminished in the fact that, of course, injuries always could happen to anybody, 
but he's one misstep away from not being able to fulfill his duties. You know, who, who knows? You got to roll the dice, and I appreciate the call, Jim. Thanks so much. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. The home plate umpire just got drilled in the face in the Pirates Tigers game. You think they're going to review it? Should they throw out the Pirates pitcher? Flag him? Oh, boy, the umpire's gone. They yanked him out. That's going to take forever to get all the equipment off the one fat ump to put on the other fat ump. You're going to have to adjust everything. By the way, I called this exactly right. I said that Detroit was going to take the lead. They did. I said that the Pirates were going to tie the game, and they did. Now I'm saying Detroit's going to walk them off. It's going to happen. Madden's not getting his job back. I keep telling you that. I'm always right. Has it really only been an hour? I need to get to the weekend. Up next, is Le'Veon Bell dumb? Or has he got a strategy here? Eh, maybe both. Crowley, filling in for Madden. 30 seconds till back on 105.9.